<laughs> okay, yeah, that's out of control. <laughs> out of control. <laughs> out of control. That's what I'm doing. I like checks from now on. Maybe you're loose or something. I don't know. Okay. Like my morals. <laughs> 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 We're not performing or anything. It's just us, us, us. Yes. I missed you at the movie, dude, watching uh, Creed. Yeah, you guys talk about Creed because I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, All right, next. I think, no, dude, I think some of us don't should get an Oscar. I like it. Nominated, at least. <laughs> No, but I, th- I think if Sly got nominated, that'd be fine. I don't know. Sylvester was kind of a touch. His Rocky portrayal was pretty touching. I liked it. It was fine. I mean, the plot was basically Rocky. Yeah. Right, and then it's got, they, they rushed through a lot of shit. Well, yeah, we 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 talked about that. There's there seemed there's moments of disbelief you have to have, so the movie will work a little better. Like, and then, and then the big thing that everybody's talking about is how the the, the champion that he fights is super. <laughs> 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 it wouldn't even look like a champion. Everybody else he fights the whole fucking movie is super rocked up. It was a copy of uh, Rocky One. Rocky One. Was it better or worse than the first Rocky? The first Rocky is fucking classic. Yeah, it's not better than the first Rocky. Yeah, and they kind of hip hopped it a little bit. So so why are people jizzing over that movie? So much then which one creed i don't know it's 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 because people are like all remember you and i went in the movie and it's like crazy hyped yeah it's like crazy oh, yeah. hyped and it was just it was just okay. we walked yeah we walked in like, it was funny because we got there and it was what about a third full maybe it was actually more full than i thought yeah but i'd then, say by, it'd by be the over, time no, i thought it was before, over half full well no that's when the lights were still on by the time the credits were rolling people were trying to find seats because it just got full yeah so i was thinking okay well this is gonna be a good movie and we're, we're sitting through it i mean and this, is, some, and this is last weekend so this is several weeks in the yeah creator. that came out Love, yeah. yeah, yeah, or whatever. Or at least a full month. Yeah, and yeah, there were there were people straight up trying, yeah, to, trying find to find seats, seats together because yeah, they couldn't but, find two seats together. Do you, whether did you get any kind of a demographic feel this, from the this was a you f- we can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> this was a four o'clock showing too. This wasn't like a seven o'clock on a Saturday. It was a four o'clock. It was still a Saturday, but so are you asking me whether particular trailers ever played before the yeah? Movie? Let's talk about the trailers. Yeah. So we we had the, the some of the standard ones, but then we had Ride Along Two, Kevin Hart, Ice Cube. Then we had a new CIA movie with, Kevin with Hart, Dwayne yeah. the Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart. Then we had what Barbershop Three? <laughs> no, that was four. Barbershop Seven, the, <laughs> a new cut, a new hope, or whatever. <laughs> fucking re- Return of the Activator Bro. or something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, but so by by the time we got to that trailer, we were both like, well, "What's going on with these trailers?" Yeah, I, I think we're being skewed in a direction. Yeah, I, I think that they're thinking that there's a certain market that's going to this Creed film. Mm-hmm. But, but I, don't, like, I don't think I, I was actually thinking more like age wise, though. Was it a young crowd? No, I was general? It was a mix. Yeah, no, mix. it was a mix. It was mixed. Did it look like people that would have seen the other Rocky movies, or do you think they're no. coming into this like fresh? No, I think there were like there was a there lot fresh. of young kids. Yeah, yeah. There, were, there were younger people there. Okay. So maybe that's why, because they're getting like that Rocky vibe and not having experienced Rocky previously? Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, I already oh, heard well, that. The fight scenes were good. They I definitely mean, set it up for a sequel. There were no bad acting performances. Michael, what's his name? Uh, Michael T. Jordan. Michael yeah. B. Jordan. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, he, he was, was good. Really B. Yeah. B. Yes. Michael, Michael B. Jordan. I thought the way they set up his story, spoilers, that he's like, he's not just like Apollo Creed's son that was born before he died, or born yeah, after before. he died. Yeah. He is Apollo Creed's mistress that had been knocked up. Bastard so, son. So he had been in foster homes, and then Apollo's wife in the movies, even though it's not, they replaced her with, what's her name? Uh, Miss Cosby. Uh, yeah, Felicia yeah. Rashad Felicia, is in that? Felicia yeah. Rashad, they recasted... Okay, who who was in the... I can't remember. Okay. It, it, was it a noted it actress? I, I don't remember. Yeah, it was another actress. It doesn't so matter. You're talking about like Rocky too. So she basically tracks him down through all these foster homes he's in and then takes him in. And So, it, I mean, it, it's kind of cool how they so do that. So she tracks down the mistress's son yeah, after... Be, because he's been in 30 and out of, odd years? No, 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 no. When he's a child. Yeah. He's okay. still a child. Yeah, he's takes like, him a, in he's and like raises eight, him. nine years old. So raises him as a So he doesn't grow up in foster homes. He grows up in... I'd say probably when he's 12 or 13. But then they hint that he had other children. You know how those Greek gods are. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. I just For some reason, it seemed like they hinted that maybe he had other children as well. But anyway, so so the whole point of the movie is he, he tries to make a name for himself. So his name is Adonis Johnson. Mm-hmm. Don Don Johnson, I guess, would be his name. That's weird. Is it Johnson? Is that the name he takes? Yeah, Johnson. Adonis Johnson. Johnson. His name is Adonis Creed, but he, he changes it to Johnson to fight or whatever. So. This picture's from the 10th round on the first fight, right? I heard about a third fight between you and Apollo behind closed doors. Is that true? 
How do you know all this? I'm a son. Um, eventually, it they, they everybody finds out that it's actually Creed, and that's what gets him the, the title shot. But so what, what sucks too, because he fought like in bars in Mexico. Like he's an accountant. Yeah, that, that moonlights on the weekends as a fighter in Mexico. Like it's it's kind of cool. That you know, it, it's it's they they do some interesting twists. It wasn't nearly as uh, formulaic as they probably could have gone with it. So true. It, no, it's it true. was fine. It was it was a perfectly fine movie. But this but is people, a guy who's actually who are, got a decent life who just wants to be in the sport as yeah. opposed to like yeah. and one everyone, of the things that was great about Rocky's character was he had nothing else. Right. And he wasn't even a particularly good boxer. Oh no, they he's actually not, they actually not, tried to push him away from that too. They keep telling him that they would want anything but for him to be in the ring. And, well, they, and they well, people that. say people are like you're too smart to be fighting. Yeah. Like even Rocky says you're too smart to be fighting. You're, right. They you're, tell him they tell him over this is for people. People who have nothing and are trying to get out of that nothingness where you have something and you're trying to get into it. So for him, it's more of an ego thing. It's not so much. Well, it's more like he's, it's in his blood because they were showing it in every single foster home he was in. He fights every kid. He fights. Uh, but no, like every every foster home he's in or every juvie hall he's in, he's fighting with every kid there. It's just like what he does. It's well, when they bring up his mom. Yeah. So so that's yeah, because they bring up his, his mom, yeah, his mom every yeah. time. So. Your mom's a crack whore. Boom, 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 boom. Beats up somebody. Yeah. And apparently he can fight. Now, yeah. What's kind of goofy, though? Well, he he self taught himself to yeah. fight. Like, like he's it's in his genes. Yeah, because they're like, well, where'd you learn? He's like, oh, I just watch movies. Like he's watching YouTube. No, but but that's not that bad because once he actually gets gets to a ring with like an actual fighter, he just whips his ass. No, remember that first kid he beat the hell out of until it's no, that, a kid. Oh, and of Fighting course they kids. do the scene where every time this, the big boxers walk in, it has their ranking goes, pop up. It goes number three ranking. It's Wait. very Sam Raimi kind of cling, and it yeah, pauses them and it shows you know pound for pound X in the world. This number wins. This number lost. And it was kind of cool. I actually like that, but they didn't use it enough. Because really? because he progresses weird. through too many he progresses really quickly. It felt it, it felt like every every few moments in the movie he was going to have a boss battle. That was like the boss battle setup. Yeah, that was like a bo- it was like a boss battle. It was kind of cool. It was yeah. cool. Like, it was it was an interesting kind of new take. But people are acting like that's like the movie of the year or whatever. And yeah, like, eh, you're, you're going a little far. That I'm guessing some people probably got paid to hype that movie up or something, and mm. that's how it made its way. Well, no, something. but they make a big deal too because apparently the director had talked about this movie a long time after seeing Rocky and felt this would be a great story. And he was able to, I guess, create this movie out of this idea of the whole time of like it kind of went yeah. viral almost. Yeah, and, and so that was fine. a big hype about. It, which I mean, that's cool. I think that's a great idea. It, it was nice to see. I, this is about as good if you're making a seventh Rocky movie. I, this is gonna be better than usually if you're the seventh number in a series. Did you see Rocky Balboa? No, I never did. Okay, I heard. See, I didn't either. Strongly mixed reviews. Hugely I, mixed I, reviews. I, on it. It, it wasn't like the the last Rambo where you had to see that fucking movie. Then the movie's unbelievable. One that of the most underrated incredible. movies of all. Uh, Rambo Five is like one of the most. It was Rambo Five. Four. Four was one of the most unbelievably underrated movies I've ever seen in my entire. Life. But what, Rocky Bubble, What was that one about? That was about. His I spot, never right? saw it. it I, did, about, I, I don't uh, think anyone saw Sylvester it. Sylvester Stallone's a I, boxer. It's like the last time he boxed as Rocky. You know, but it's the one where they show. He, he made it after. Did he make it after Rambo? What, is oh it the yeah, one where, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one where he did. Oh, wait, wait, he spars right. He doesn't really fight. He spars. I don't know. Who cares? I, we didn't we're, see it. We're now talking. Like a, I think I saw it. Dude. It doesn't matter. I'm a dare. Maybe I don't know. The last Rocky I saw was five when he was fighting that lame old Tommy Gunn guy. Tommy Gunn, yeah. yeah. Tommy Gunn was he was a legit fighter there for a little bit. Did you know that there's a lot of controversy around that because he was saying that he never had AIDS and that he was framed because you can't box if you have if you're HIV positive you can't box. Yeah. So he he said that it was uh, there were fake test results and that he actually didn't have have AIDS. How they even determine that? Usually they, they do a blood test. Yeah. yeah they, they, I still. That's how you mean that you you as is we that like part of the regulations that they have yeah. to be able to blood well, test yeah, you? We, oh, yeah. we saw the fight. We we actually hit, we're at a place to watch the fight and they canceled his uh his bout i remember thinking that's really yeah it was weird. a big deal i had never seen that yeah they they canceled his bout and then later on we like a month later we heard that i was like wow this was kind of scary so uh what the, the movie I, I think perhaps some of the buzz was because the, it was the same director actor combination that did fruitvale station which was a well-received movie from the few people that actually saw it and then the same team was going to do creed so they probably took some of that goodwill with them particularly with the critics right. you're not familiar with fruitvale station i've heard of it that's the one where he's it's the, Cops uh, shoot an innocent man. Yeah, yeah, at the, yeah. At the subway terminal. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, I heard about, it, but I never saw it. Yeah, and then my what I'm hearing too is that a director is being courted to do Black Panther. Oh, oh, really? They do the decrees mm-hmm. and do Black. Yeah, hmm. well, it's not. It's not. The papers haven't Florida, been signed yet, sure. but it's definitely sure. you know 
So y'all would be cool with that? Yeah, I mean, there's some great st- scenes with the fights where they do like this one take thing. It was kind of neat. I like that. Yeah. Where it'd be like the camera's moving the entire time while the fight's going on. Mm. And-, and then it's, have you ever seen like whenever they attach a video camera to somebody, somebody's body? So as they're running, like in Jessica Jones, they use that when she's running down the sidewalk and the camera's in her face. So you're doing mm-hmm. that. Oh, so, sure. So in the, you get knock- that kind of skewed perspective. the knockouts, you have the skewed perspective because they have, they have it like the camera's attached to the guy's face. So when he gets knocked out, the camera. Mm. Yeah. Fall, you fall with them as they go to the so kind of cool stuff like that. You're like, oh shit, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, a, nice. it's a different take on, on Perce- yeah, the perce- yeah, as opposed perception. to just having the static camera on the ground and you watch them fall into the uh, mm-hmm. the pain. It's you're you're getting you're watching the hit and then it's you more fall, subjective. You fall with him as you fall. It was, it's very very cool stuff like yeah. that. Interesting so, stuff like that. I would like to see him pull some stuff like that on a yeah, black cool. it, it, it would have be a different feel to it. Well, until Marvel comes in and says, "Gotta take that out, take that out." In summary, ears ringing. Jaw fractured, three ribs cracked, four broken, diaphragm hemorrhaging, physical recovery six weeks, full psychological recovery six months, capacity to spit it back of head, neutralized. Well, it's sort of like when Guy Ritchie went off and did the Sherlock Holmes movies, and like so much of what made him distinctive was gone by the time he did those flicks. He like went mainstream in his style, mm-hmm. and so those were much more boring movies. Well, I never saw the second. I like those the movies. Movie. I like those. I like yeah. the first one was fine. First was okay. I don't. I didn't bother with second the second one. Was okay. Uh, first one felt more like a mystery. The second one is definitely more of an action flick. Mm. So, and then the third one, we'll see. They're gonna make a third one. They're making a third one. I, that's such a weird thing because I don't know anybody who actually like wow the next Sherlock Holmes movie the Robert Downey Jr. Cause I don't know maybe it's an internet thing all anybody wants to talk about when it comes to Sherlock Holmes I, honestly I hear more about Elementary with Johnny Lee uh, is Miller. that show still on? yeah I think it's still on they made a big deal about it being uh, put with a person of interest on like one of the cable networks like we got a two hour block of mystery people from CBS shows uh, but I hear, I hear more about like Johnny Lee Miller and certainly old uh, Doctor Strange Benedict Cumberbatch his Sherlock the BBC one I never hear anything about Robert Downey Jr. You're like people actually giving a shit about those movies. Well, they're also a few years. How far are we removed? From it's been that a few second? years. Well, see, the thing is, I thought that everybody liked the first Sherlock Holmes because it was the big action movie he did after Iron after Man, Iron Man. Yeah. and I thought he was just taking the Iron Man buzz with him. I didn't well, realize it's kind of got that cool kookiness to it, like when he does the setup for the fights and he does a whole does it in his head and then he completes yeah, yeah, yeah. It. yeah I thought that's that's that was a little bit of it, but not, yeah. but nowhere near as stylized as his other movies, though. Okay, I guess they got a budget now. I guess I mean, I think you're being too harsh on that. Yeah. Movie. Oh, well, I don't franking it too much, man. Let it go. Well, okay. Sam Jackson was here, one of your co-stars. Yes. And he and I were talking. So <laughs> basically, he said he played golf with Donald Trump and yes, Donald he Trump did. cheats. Yeah. And then Donald Trump said on Twitter he's never met Sam Jackson. Yes. Uh, Sam came on the show. I asked about him. Sam says that he absolutely has met Donald Trump, and Donald yeah. Trump is lying. That's puff for the course. Who do you believe in this case? <laughs> Pretty good, right? Are you? Uh, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Bam. Tim Roth, known for his excellent golf puns. Um, I know uh, uh, for a fact, if Sam's saying that he played Donald Trump, he played Donald Trump. Right. If he's saying that Donald Trump cheated, Donald Trump cheated. You know Samuel L. Jackson, dude? He's like that little bit of cream in your coffee. Just You get that first, oh, that was really good. And after that, it's just like, oh, it's the rest of just coffee. Ugh. Well, he's only as good as the material. I mean, he can elevate dude, material. every movie, he's jewels in my mind. <laughs> He's yeah. Jules. Well, he's dude. at his best when he's Jules, the original dude, I, flavor. I've, every film I've ever seen him in, be honest with me, every movie you watch him in, is there not a moment or a second of Jules that just pops up? Like, you see that and you're like, oh, that's fucking Jules. Not everything. Like, I don't think his... Dude, uh, what do you well, when he was playing Fury? Well, no, there's there's definitely elements of Jules in Fury. Don't get me wrong. But, like, for instance, um, what was the name of his character in Die Hard with a Vengeance? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that is so. That's that's Jules when he's retired and has nothing left to do, and he's like boring. Just I, I just don't want to minimize Sam Jackson because. Oh no, dude, that he is an American treasure. The day he passes, it will be like when Robin Williams passed for me. I was depressed. Like I, I didn't realize that I was talking to my sister about that. When Robin Williams passed away, I was sad. Like mm-hmm. I really, I've never. You see actors pass away. I'm like, yeah, who gives a shit? Like Derek, uh, David Carradine hung himself. Yeah, who gives a shit? So and so died. No, I kind of gave. I like David Carradine, uh, but I was like, but I didn't care. And I still think there was. That's one of the ones I find kind of hinky. I really don't know if he actually killed himself. Yeah, I, I like to think that if he, if he did kill himself, it was autoerotic asphyxiation not an actual suicide but there's some stuff going on with that that he might have actually gotten, you know, cat knocked off. Yeah, because most of the time I don't buy that shit. I don't believe that George Reeves was murdered. I don't believe, you know, somebody 
you know, spike Marilyn Monroe's drugs or anything. I think most suicides are just what they are. That's one instance though, because he was into some stuff. Really? And he was, and well, he wasn't even in the states. I think he was in like Singapore or someplace. And he was into some stuff that was a little bit shady. So he's one of the only ones that that happened to where it's like I don't know, because like even Michael Hutchinson, I used to like the the story of he was you know just spanking, Mm -hmm. but. You know, it's not like an excess were at a high point at that, you know, time. And he'd done a solo album and it hadn't really done anything. So it made sense. But why would David Carradine off himself after, you know, his big comeback with Kill Bill? It doesn't make sense. I think he just slipped. But like I said, <laughs> I, I digress. Okay. When Robin Williams passed away, I was sad. I really was. I was like, man, I, I'm like, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, why Robin? Why? I was just kind of like, dude, that sucks. Dude, like, the guy entertained me. Even though some of his movies are shitty, a lot of his movies are fun. He was, you know, he was the same guy. Uh, I, so. I feel like that. I, I know this, and this. I'm sure this would be very controversial for some people. I just think that that was appropriate for him because he was always, always trying to push that edge a little bit. He was the funny guy. He did shit like Patch Adams that was just pure saccharine bullshit bicentennial man. But he also this is the guy from the world according to Garp. That you know, Good Morning Vietnam had some pretty dark stuff in it. He was always willing to like or. You know, he had that big renaissance in the early uh, aughts, late 90s, when he did stuff like Insomnia and 24-Hour Photo. Oh, yeah. For, oh, for, yeah. for a comedy guy, he still had a big edge to him. You know, what, was he the, wasn't he was he in one of Bobcat Goldthwait's movies? Yeah, dude, the, uh, that of the year. Yeah, none of Bobcat's Fant- movies are, are, are family-friendly. Fantastic movie, yeah. too. That's- so it seems to me, I, I you know, I, there are people who threw some – Pretty harsh words at him. I think that he went out in a way that was a that I I don't think he betrayed his character by doing that. I think that he's a guy who understood what he was facing and he didn't want to face that. And there were people that tried to call him a coward for that. I think it's courageous to say, look, I'm not going to go through all that shit. And I, I'm sorry. I love my family. I don't want you guys to – to because a lot of times there's a lot of guilt involved with that. Yeah. You know you're going to be going through this horrible shit and everybody and nobody wants to lose you. They want to keep you close even though you're, you're fucking deteriorating and you're having all this horrible shit happen to you. And if you, if, if you love life and you, you're so contented in your life that you have to stick around even through all that stuff, that's courageous too. Absolutely, that's courageous. But I also feel that if you look at that and you're like, fuck that. I would much rather check out on my own terms. I've lived a great life. You know, so you're I'm, I'm only- he was more the quality. He, he, he lived his life at such a high quality to have it diminished in any way. It was just like, no. Like, I'm going to check myself out because my, I love life. I, I bring so much life that to start breaking down and unable to produce would be harsh. I mean, I could see for someone like him who's so all over the place. Well, especially because his comedy was so physical a lot of the time. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Parkinson's would, I mean, right off the bat, I mean, I look at him and I can't imagine him like. Well, and the thing is, too, you take somebody like Michael J. Fox, who's been living with that for years. But he was very healthy guy before he he developed those symptoms, and he developed them really early. So you know that's a, that's a horrible thing to have to deal with for so young. But because he was young and because he was so healthy, his quality of life was probably a lot better than than uh, Robbins would have been. Because you're talking about a guy who was a, a hardcore junkie for a lot of years, yeah. and the kind of shit that burns out neurons and stuff. So he had abused his body to such a degree that once he started to decline, it wouldn't be like this slow you know slow descent decline. Where you can actually kind of halt it to some degree, like Michael J. Fox could, he would have probably been like, because he a lot of his reserves, a lot he probably already burned through a lot of that stuff, and he was also at an advanced age. He was pretty well into his sixties, wasn't he? Was he early sixties, mid sixties, something like that? So he didn't have as much left that he needed to do, and I don't think that he wanted to deal with that. And I I think there is a courage in saying, I'm going to go out now. I'm not going to wait until I can't even make that choice if I want to. Yeah. Um. So I I, I respect the choice that he made with what he had look what he what he what he had in front of him. I can understand why he would make that choice, and I respect that choice. So back to my original thought, <laughs> I would also be very sad when Samuel L. passes away. <laughs> Frank will be fine if he offs himself once he starts shaking violently and cannot no longer perform. So uh, I don't think I don't think that's a choice that Sam Jackson. I think make. Samuel Jackson goes out with a heart attack. Like 
he just blows a blood vessel dude, or something. He's, just, he's and like, yeah, just his intensity, just his heart's just like, I can't fucking do another act. I can't do another character, Sam. I can't do it no more. Like, I think he just goes out like in a blaze of glory. Cause I, I, I did like a little mini marathon of his. I saw, of course, Avengers because it's on Netflix. He popped up on Shield. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, there was another movie I saw him on, and uh, I, that's where my my whole thing came before. Is like, damn, each movie was just a little bit of jewels. Like, it felt like I was watching jewels and just a different stage of life. Well, here's the thing: when he wants to completely inhabit a character, like. Uh, um what was the one he did in the, the the Spike Lee movie where he played a drunk at, drug addict? Mo Better Blues. Mo Better Blues. That there was no jewels in Mo Better Blues. Uh, he's he's. Dude, I, you went far back for that, though. Dude, you reached way well, back. Look, here's the thing: most people. It's a Spike Lee movie now. Come on now. But look, here's the thing: most people who uh, hire Sam Jackson, a lot of people hire Sam Jackson. They're not hiring a. A great character actor who inhabits, you know, a, a character and disappears in the background, and you you don't even think about them acting because they are so into the role. And you you give Sam Jackson a check because you want him to play the Sam Jackson character, and Sam Jackson is comfortable with that. And fuck it, he's earned it. Let him cash that check. But he's not out there seeking roles to stretch himself. He's out there making money, doing something that he enjoys, and people are hiring him to be Sam Jackson. So let him be fucking Sam Jackson. I'm not going to throw shade at him. And some, there are a lot of actors that never even have that, who never have such a, a identifiable screen presence that you don't care if they're playing a character. You're hiring them to play the character that they appear to be on yeah. screen. And again, you're talking about Robin Williams. This is a guy who everybody thinks they know Robin Williams, but Robin Williams is a completely different person than he was in any of his television appearances, anything you would ever seen him in. His family knew a completely different guy than, and, and everybody who was close to him knew a completely different guy. Cause I, I think you talked about when he was off, he was like, you know. Yeah, and I saw an interview with one of his, like his writing partner of 20 years who said that it was strange because whenever, you know, you could be standing in, an ele- standing in an elevator with him and he would be dead silent. Like you were strangers. And he said that was the strangest thing about him is when he was on, he was on. But when he turned off, he was, I mean, he basically turned off. Like he had no social skills. And from people I've known, I know people like that. Like you get them in a crowd and people fall. They're like, oh, this guy's awesome. And then you pull them off to the side by himself and they shut down because they don't perform anymore. They're not, it's almost a performance for them. It's, it's so weird because then when you're with them quietly, personally, you know, that whole energetic, it's gone. It's out the door. They're just sitting there. They're just mopey. They're quiet. It's almost like depressing. It's like, wow, that's kind of, I mean, I can turn it on when I need to, but not to the point where I get depressed when I'm I'm not performing. So I don't know. I'm a bit of a shut in, so I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, but the but point being is that Sam Jackson may not be the guy that we know from this persona. That's I think, been presented I think he's like that every day. And think, he may be. And honestly, seeing him in interviews and stuff and just like when he's talking more candidly, probably so. I think he's the kind of guy that he's that rare gem that he get, he is who he is. And no matter what character he plays, that's him. No matter what he does in life, that's him. Like he, I don't, I don't see Samuel Jackson ever being. Like, no, he, but he, he has been a very gifted character actor in the, in his past. Now he plays Sam Jackson characters, and more power to him for that. Well, dude, he's selling credit cards for Capital One for Christ's sake. And he's then he's doing it as a Sam Jackson yeah. character, and I, 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 sure. Say what one more mother's time. <laughs> Say what more one motherfucking time. I, I just, I, I you know, I, I've been warned off credit. Uh, Capital One many a times, but if somebody could talk me into getting a, a Capital One card, it'd be Sam Jackson. So, think so? He, those are cool commercials. He was cool in those commercials. I think he got replaced by Jennifer Garner recently, though, didn't he? Wow. I haven't seen him lately. I've been seeing her. Well, I, them I saw a documentary where he narrated, and it was actually he made the, the documentary more entertaining because it was him because of the persona he brings. Yeah, it well, it's just of... like you'd get guys like Jack Palance, and it's just oh, the voice yeah, alone it's on does the it. Bucket list. Remember Ripley's Believe It or Not? Yeah. Jack Balance would be narrating it in that voice of his, and he just made it cooler. uh, What was his name from uh, Robert Stacks? Robert Stack was great. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one there. You need those good voices or the, or someone who can create a persona with nothing but the voice. Oh, And Orson Sam Jackson could definitely do that. Orson Welles. Sure, Orson Welles, yeah. Yeah. I saw some – somebody had just released a – he did a commercial or some shit. He did a lot of commercials, man. He used to hawk wine. Really? Oh, yeah. There was that one. They, they played it and they're like, can you guess what this is? And he's talking about it. And he's just describing the flavor. And I'm just like, I don't know, dude. Is it, is it a woman or is it wine? I, I don't know if I want to drink it or fuck it. Wasn't he the one who did the – Will so no wine before it's time tagline? I don't know, dude. The, somebody had played this thing on YouTube where it was like he's describing it. I mean, you can tell it's Orson Welles. 
And he's like, it's smooth touch. And it's delicate curl. I'm like, I was like, I don't know if I want to drink it or fuck it. What is this? And <laughs> my friend was laughing. He's like, it's a commercial from Orson. Like a practice. Like he would describe stuff before he did the product. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So if you can find it, it's pretty interesting. They call him the hangman. When the handbell says dead or alive, the rest of us just shoot you in the back and up on top of perch somewhere and bring you in dead over a saddle. But when John Roof, the hangman, catches you, you hang. Get in, boys! This here is Daisy Domergu. She's wanted dead or alive for murder. When that sun comes out, I'm taking this woman to hang. Is there anybody here committed to stopping me from doing that? Well, well, well. Looks like Minnie's half dash is about to get cozy for the next few days. Okay. So we did create Cue some. Uh, so you said there's a big backlash against Hateful Eight? Yeah. So far, there is. People I hadn't very- really heard anybody. Like, so I, here's the deal. Yeah. Th- there's backlash because he's beating up the chick the whole time, which I said in the movie theater. I'm like, oh, he's going to catch some shit for that. He's going to catch shit for constantly beating that woman up on screen. Two, the excessive use of the N-word to, uh, to the nth, Even by Tarantino's To standards. the nth degree. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, yeah. I like to where I, – and I heard some people – and I didn't know about this either – and which makes me think it may be like a new thing that people are retroactively putting on the movie. But apparently people were really upset over his line in Pulp Fiction when he says, is there a sl- for sign in the front of my house that says, we'll say Wookiee, dead Wookiee storage? <laughs> I didn't realize that people had been so offended by – and it's not – they use the word Wookiee all throughout that movie. But that particular scene, because it's so unnecessary for him to say, do you see the sign in the front of my house that says dead Wookiee storage? There's no reason for him to say it, right? Like, he could have used any other word, but he... Well, he's caught flag for a long time over his love of that particular word. And correct. He's been in so many but other I movies. I didn't realize that, like, that scene, I can't remember who I saw some interview with, and they were like, well, ever since that scene, I've... T-, and I'm like, I'd never... I've heard every fucking interview there is about Pulp Fiction. I've never heard that that scene took people out of the film, ever. But it seemed like ever since I heard this one interview with one guy about it, suddenly I hear everybody's like, oh, yeah, well, ever since he did that one scene in Pulp Fiction where he says, you know, dead whatever storage. And I was like, I mean, I understand that. But anyway, it was the early 90s. People were fucking dumb about that word in the early 90s. People thought that because rap, gangster rap was coming out and saying it heavily that suddenly, oh, we can all say it again because it's a... it's hey, it's in music on the radio, right? Yeah, so, but Tarantino never stopped saying it. Right, but that's the thing. He never stopped saying it, and then and so that's what is causing this movie where he's using. Well, it I mean, because he's had this, particularly Spike right. Lee. Spike Lee hates all Quentin Tarantino movies on site because of his use of the N word. Because right. because especially since he, I don't remember anybody else using that word in Pulp Fiction that wasn't black. I remember black people using that word in Pulp Fiction, but I think Tarantino was the only mm, white I guy. Think, uh, what's his name? Uh, who was the heroin dealer? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Stoltz, Eric, Stoltz, Eric, Stoltz, yeah. Eric Stoltz says it, yeah. but not in the about presence. The heroin, yeah. But, yeah, but not in the presence of other black Zed, people. Zed he's not it. saying it to a black person. That's right. Zed said it too, mm-hmm. didn't he? And the probably other. so. Yeah. Well, but, but, see, but I don't one, get this because okay. if you They're watch, villains, if you though, watch so. Django, yeah, exactly. Django, like it's it felt like it was every other word when I watched yeah. it. Yeah. Well, he caught flack for it when Django came. Yeah. Out. There's a lot of people who had problems with that. Really? Yeah. Because I remember, I just remember they said I remember reading something where. Um, what's his name? Uh, Senor Candy. Um, oh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio had, had a really, really hard time. Don't, you don't remember that? Because there were uh, there were interviews that like Samuel Jackson did, where somebody said, you know, there is something about the they say the N word, and Samuel Jackson's like, what word? And he's like, the N word. He's like, say it. He's like, oh, I'm not gonna say it. He's like, say that. the word. You know, yeah. like he was trying to. But you know, that, so that all came out with Django. Anyway, so a lot of people have finally just been like, look, he did a movie about World War II and nobody said the Jewish, K-word? Jewish K- the right. K-word. We'll call them, we'll fucking Tauntaun. They didn't say Tauntaun <laughs> ever throughout the entire movie. But here's my deal. I, I don't know if back in World War II, was that slang they used all the time in World War II? I know it's slang more recently, a derogatory slang now. I, I definitely, I, I, you know, I don't know if that's a word that's in German, to be honest. I, 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 a, I thought I that, that, that might was, be an I, English word. Was that strictly yeah, American or English? I'd have to look at the... Uh, etymology of that i never really thought to look into that i've only ever heard that word used in reference to american english i don't know if that word exists in other that, parts of the world i'm sure the germans have something harsh I, oh i'm sure they have all kinds harsh. of words i'd fucking schnitz. no 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 that was bad you gotta they won't be in there anyway but yeah so so that I don't it's know, specifically I don't, North American, really? Okay, so yeah. that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know if that's a fair critique because, like, he, he's making. Ella, as a matter of fact, it was born on Ellis Island. 
Oh, really? Yeah, according to Wikipedia. So, you know, we're all great racial terms were bro- probably born. Yeah. God bless sure, we, I mean, it, it was quite the little melting pot there, and I'm sure everybody was hating everybody else. Uh, you right you got to wonder if two, two, was it two American uh, police officers like, that's a uh, Tauntaun, and that's a yeah. Wookiee. Uh, that's a Wookiee. Yeah. Yeah. Assholes. Just, just coming up with names on the way in. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to come up with a new one. Yeah, anyway, so. Uh, this is interesting. No, I have to read this. Okay. okay. The word kike was born on Ellis Island uh, when there were. Edit Tauntaun in, thank you. When there were Jewish immigrants who were also illiterate and could not use Latin alphabet letters. When asked to sign the entry forms with the customary X, the Jewish immigrants would refuse because they associated an X with the cross of Christianity. Instead, they threw a circle as the signature on the entry forms. The Yiddish word for circle is keikel, uh, and for little circle, keikela. Uh, before long, the immigration inspectors were calling anyone who signed with an O in place of an X a Keikel or a Kaikela or a Kaiki, and finally succinctly Kike. Wow. wow, that is really interesting. The more you know. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that given that this was in the early 30s, it would have made its way back to Germany at that point in time. No right. Twitter. Right. Yeah, there was no. Yeah, there was no, no Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> they, they were sitting in their 140 character things by bottle. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. <laughs> Morse code. Beep 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 yeah. beep 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 beep. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, so I don't think that. But that's what they're saying. They're like, there wasn't. Uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards wasn't just laced with anti. True. Uh, but they, they did have. They they didn't they use other derogatory terms though besides that specific one. In you know, mm, I think, not really. I want to say I don't think so. I think the the Jewish were mostly. Romanticized in that you know you had the bear Jew right you know? but I'm talking about like the the Jew hunter for instance yeah there was the Jew the hunter yeah. Tauntaun never mind the bear Tauntaun well we weren't using the K word see so yeah. well that's right my bad yeah unless you think so but your, the point is you're saying you're saying that it's a a a, a double standard right that he didn't he, have a Jewish movie full of Jewish slurs, right but every movie he makes has the, the N word all over the place right more than any other African American film combined, what about Kill Bill probably. there weren't a lot of black there people weren't in a Kill lot Bill. of Bill was there any kind of racial? Yeah, there was some anti-Asian sentiment expressed, uh, particularly because Lucy Liu's character would talk about how she was uh, looked down upon for being mixed race. Yeah, so I, I just think that I, I think he might have. And really, look, I I probably I think I agree. It was probably you probably used it a little too much. Was that? I don't think so in Django. Was that term? I don't think used? so in Hateful Eight. In, in Django, well, in Django, uh, it, uh, here's the thing: both Django and and Hateful Eight, they're about race. They're about racial hatred. Uh, see, the, they're about dehumanization. It's taking place. So it, that on, makes sense. Yeah. When you're talking about like Jackie Brown and Pulp Fiction, yeah, that's when on. it gets a little thinner of ice. Well, see, the thing that gets me though, he's more ever. than Roots, though. I mean, yeah. if, if you're going to use it more than fucking Roots, give me a break, dude. But like the, the article well, that Roots I read, was a TV show, and you know, it just, is it necessary? It's, it's, I think in the case of Django, it was. Well, wait, wait. They try to defend their view by saying not only did he say Wookiee a lot but Samuel L. Jackson's character was shot in the groin oh yeah and that's there's an argument yeah, made there too about, that's and I'm sure the characters, and I, I guarantee you he, but that, I guarantee you that was premeditated I guarantee you that was intentional because the whole movie is about race relations and about well, thought, how that we not nearly as far removed from the original sin of race in the, this country as we like to think we you know Obama got elected eight years ago and all these people were making this big hoopla about it being a post-racial nation and then immediately all of our race relations Get to deteriorate, and we're hearing more and more about all the shit the black people are still suffering through even today. So I think that 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 quasi gelding in Hateful Eight and the threat of gelding in Django Unchained, I think that's very intentional. And I think it's, the intention is to reflect the horrors that we still inflict. We may not well, take uh, a man, uh, we no, may no, not no. take a manhood, but we're taking lives like it's well, nothing. I thought still the whole point day. was because he was talking about how he made the Peckerwood suck him off the general's kid. I thought that was kind of the point of it. Like that was his whole thing about well, you know what I I, I made your son do it and I didn't even give him a blanket I, I and then he I, gets shot in a crotch well, I, he I, is saying that okay so uh, Tarantino is saying that that's what the film's about it's doing that comparison to the state of race relations today mm-hmm. but really though the script for this movie was done years ago remember because it got leaked and he sued we've, we he had, sued, we've had we've had problems for years no but but it's it's only deteriorated really these last couple years I know I and don't it, buy that I'm telling I don't you, buy that because he's saying no I, no see how it is now that's exactly what the movie's about and, and, well and, well, no, but here's here's problem number one though. This the movie that got filmed is not the script that was leaked a number of years ago. It's still there's a lot in, in common, but Tarantino's known he he's constantly rewriting over the course of his movies. None of his scripts when he goes into production are the same as when they come out. The other I'm just end. saying he's saying that. I think he's. 
taking a little more Trayvon credit. Trayvon Martin for being, was uh, quite a few years ago at this point. You n- know? No, but this was all before. Trayvon. No, but we, yeah, it no, was. It was. I, look, Quentin no, but, Tarantino isn't some freaking. Uh, well, I'm not saying. I mean, he's never been a politically saying, minded person. He's taking as far the as credit. Cinema. He's taking the credit. I think he's taking a little too much credit. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I think he's taking a little too much credit. With that said, I don't know. I, th- I think that the guy who was the son of the Confederate general that was still fighting the war after the Civil War's end, ending up being the last guy with this other black dude who is also a horrible human being who murdered people from both sides of the war. I think that that is saying something. And I don't, I, I, I'm not saying, I don't think that what Tarantino is saying is clear enough. I don't think that it's a situation where he's actually telling people the right way. He's not guiding people toward the right. I think he's just showing how ugly we all are. And if that's what he's trying to say in these interviews, I, I think that he did get that point across. He's not giving us any answers. He's just saying we're both white, black. We're both guilty of shit and we're both fucked up and we have not gotten past how fucked up we are. We're entangled with each other in this country. I don't think the movie's that deep. Yeah, I don't think it's that I deep either, but I, th- I don't think you have to go that deep. I think so much of that shit's bubbling under the surface in our country and has been forever. I don't think that it's like, oh, well, this movie was done. We wrote this movie four years ago. We didn't have race problems then. We've we've always I, had it. We've always had it. I didn't say it's there worse weren't. now, and it was filmed in the last year. So there's if if he's doing any kind of rewrites or any choice that he makes in the movie, I think he can lay claim to that because this isn't something that's really all that new. It's just worse now, but it's not something that's new. And what is more to the point is it's something we all like to think we were getting past, and clearly we have not gotten past it yet. I think he's rubbing our faces in our shit is what he's doing with this movie now i'm saying that and i'm sure a lot of it's him he gets an erection every time somebody gets their shit blown up he enjoys his violence he enjoys dropping in bombs i'm not saying that he's some sort of high-minded individual okay. all right i'm i guarantee you there's a straight sadistic streak in this guy there's no question about that look at his movies this guy ain't fucking gandhi but um but i do think he's also still speaking to the american racial experience in the movie i just i agree it's not deep it's not thoughtful it's ugly but that's what he's reflecting in our country okay other problems i have with the movie I thought the second act after the intermission. That's not the, that's the third act. Well, I, I say the first act is pre-intermission, second act after intermission. Okay, that's what we're gonna say. Well, no, 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 no that, that's a ha- that's not even a half because you got two hours of hour, movie okay. and then the last hour. Holy lord, the last hour I thought was way too rushed, way too rushed. And as much as I appreciated some of those long form shots, like the opening where you're watching the horses come up, gorgeously shot. I love the super wide landscapes, mm-hmm. and you can feel this just expanse of just snow forever. Um, in, in the middle of nothing, right? And then you just rush the last hour of the movie. It, it, it almost took me out of it. it. It went so quickly. It devolved so quickly that I just, it, it kind of took me out. I enjoyed it. Overall, I still enjoyed the movie, but that kind of took me, it just went off the deep end way too fast. Way too fast. It was fun. They, they took all this time building up all these mysterious characters and they explained who the mysterious characters are. It's kind of like an afterthought over the last 30 minutes and the next 30 minutes is just wrapping it all up. And it was like, oh wow, that just went way too fast. Second of all, as soon as Channing Tatum popped up on the screen, I checked out of the fucking movie. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there, I can't imagine a Channing, Channing Tatum existing in the 1870s or whatever. No, I mean, it, it, usually when Channing Tatum pops up in a movie like this, it's, it's a joke. Yeah. Right? Like when he popped up in... Uh, this is the end. This is the end. It's a joke, okay? Yeah. It's Channing Tatum. It does take you right the fuck out and of the movie. And as soon as he pops up, I'm up. like, yep. Channing fucking Tatum is the guy. Because that's who he is. And we Channing like Channing Tatum. Tatum. We're yeah, not, I got no but, problem with Channing Tatum. Yeah. Horrible choice for this movie. It's like if... if uh, uh, Minnie had ended up being Beyonce. Right. It's like it doesn't matter. It's just you cannot put Beyonce in the Old West without you. You can't forget the Beyonce's in the room. It was more like he probably was at a dinner with Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum was like, hey man, anytime you got a chance, put me in one of your movies. He's like, okay, I'll put you in a movie. Let me call Channing Tatum up because I heard Viggo Mortensen was supposed to originally be that character. Now, I would Viggo, have had an easier time seeing that too. Would have made way more sense. Viggo Mortensen is you can easily make him look like he's basically a destitute, homeless I think hillbilly. Would, right. he I think he has intensity to it too, though. Oh right. yeah, and then, and then he has a little bit more facially in common with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee too. Well, you just think about like, like you look at him in the Although road. she had so much gore on her face for most of the movie, it's hard to really know what she and looked like, like and all that is shit. Is he supposed to be Hispanic or not Hispanic? Like, I don't even know what the fuck was going on there. But the whole time I was just trying to figure out, is he doing an accent? And I was like, oh, wait, I've just missed five minutes of the movie because I'm just staring at Channing Tatum in the fucking <laughs> screen. Like, what, what is going on? It was, that was super bizarre and it was just weird. Again, overall, enjoy the film. I'll let you guys talk a little bit. I'll, I'll let you get in there first. You know I have a tendency oh, to gee, hog. thanks. Saturn watching Y'all play like fucking ping pong. I like the movie. I'm good. That's it, really? Yeah. So you don't get to get all fucking indignant when you're like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Okay, Django Unchained should have been 70 millimeter. This movie, it pisses me off because it feels like it's a prank. It feels like all that shit where he got pissy about Disney taking his 70 millimeter screens for Star Wars uh, was a gag because the whole fucking movie takes place in one goddamn room with few exceptions. I was... 
I was irritated at the beginning of the movie when we we're just watching the same shot of the cross with the the, the uh, mm-hmm. snow slowly building on it. Long. And then all those long sequences of, of us looking out at a sea of white. I don't need 70 millimeter for that. There's lots of gorgeous landscapes in Django that would have totally benefited yeah. from that treatment. Oh, you're right. Yeah, no, no, and I then, and then for them to do this shit where it's like they make this big deal about it and there's nothing to it. And I, I agree too, watching it and seeing the little flicker uh, from the, the projection and seeing the fuzziness at the edges of the screen and stuff, I think I would have rather seen it in a digital projection. I didn't really get any benefit from the 70 millimeter print. Well, I, I, don't I, feel. I, to- I told you about how I read uh, Yahoo. I don't know who they reposted the article from, but there was a guy who was a projectionist in his early days and now he's grown up to be a film reviewer. So when he heard that he did it on 70 millimeter, he was super jazzed up about it, went to his favorite film showing cinema uh cinemas to screen it at right and was just all jazzed up about it and he said the reel was so shitty from the road show that he could see all the imperfections and it was crap and it, in fact the reel failed and so they had to stop it apologize to everybody and say they're going to show the remainder of the film in digital and he said what pissed him off more than anything was the digital version looked really good way better than the film version and uh, his review was basically not about the movie itself but more about how it was kind of a failure doing it on the 70 millimeter film because it just looked better in digital period and he does now he was also said that that's not an indictment on film and that some the if the correct movie is done in film it's better it's it's just better because the colors pop everything's better but in this application he said it was not it's you, a claustrophobic movie on a set it's a set it's a good looking set it's a set yeah. why the fuck am i watching this shit on this gigantic you know projection i just it irritated me i like getting the little booklet from the roadshow edition mm-hmm. and it was nice to be in a tarantino seat sh- uh, showing and seeing that you could barely find a seat you couldn't find like two seats together after a while there because there were so many people packed into this roadshow edition, but uh, it just pissed me off. I, I didn't get anything out of it. Like, sort of in terms of like the visuals, like in, like drenching my eyes and goodness, like Django did. No, that's not fucking there. It's fucking snow and it's an f- interior of a cabin. It's bullshit. Um, I, I I liked it. I just thought that once you got in the cabin, it was it was totally uh-huh. useless. But I liked the big expansive scapes. This is another instance. I, I'm I'm in, in, in the exact opposite position from you in terms of the intermission. I kind of wish the movie had either ended at that point or they. They'd, they'd gone into a rushed, violent ending and been done with it because that last hour I thought was so superfluous. I didn't, in, I really did not need the flashback sequence. That, no, no, that, totally that takes you completely out of the movie. Um, it doesn't fit totally with the rest of the movie. It was a, an additional layer of ugly, which I didn't need because it was kind of nice seeing many of the people kind of doing their thing, but they're so jazzed up and so happy, golly gee, that it, they don't feel right. They don't feel like they're real people. Uh, they're, they're too sweet and, and treacly and then they all get killed and you're like, not, not a big spoiler there. I don't think. I think we all kind of saw that coming. And it's like, why? That thing's like, what, 20 minutes long of these guys just waiting to get killed? And I think the intention is for us to be like really tense, like, oh my God, all these people are about to get killed for no good reason. But you already know they're but you, dead. But you know what happened. You know what's already happened. They're not great actors. And in particular, the, the Zoe Bell, the stunt woman, she was bothering me because, again, it was another one of those things taking me out of the movie. It's like, why is Zoe Bell in this Western? Why is there a, a New Zealander or an Australian uh, in the midst of this mountain? Oh, yeah. You know, super just, bombastic. Yeah. Hey, everybody, how you doing? And all of a sudden, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's just none of that shit. Uh, so that whole thing needed to get cut out. That just bothered me. And then once they come back... It's such a nasty, ugly resolution to everything, and you've had to wait a long time to get to that. Like, whatever goodwill the movie had built up up to the intermission, once it came out for the intermission, I was kind of pissed. You know, I, was, I just wasn't happy with the direction the movie went to, especially because before the flashback, things are left in a place where you pretty much know how this thing is going to get resolved, at least in the sense of this. there's no good outcome to this movie. Yeah. It's going to be horrible no matter what happens. So it's like, so you're making me wait to see what horrible shit you've got left over. It was like watching fucking Hostel. It was like an Eli Roth movie, you know, where I don't like any of the characters. I don't root for anybody. And I, I can, I get what he was going for there. I don't think you're supposed to like any of these characters. I don't think you're supposed to root for anybody. I think what it is, is uh, part of it is that you've got women and you've got blacks and you've got Latinos and you've got whites and they're all doing ugly, nasty shit and working to their own agendas. And I get the meta text there. I could get that meta text in two hours. I did not need three hours of this shit. And especially the way that between the intermission kind of taking me out of the movie and then that long flashback sequence and then you finally get to the ugly end, I was just over the movie by that point. I did not – I was enjoying it because uh, uh, we saw this. Didn't we see this after – did we see this? I'd seen Star Wars already, didn't I? Or? No. Yes. You yeah. I, oh, you know what it was? There was a review, Star Wars, A New Hope, uh, uh, The Force Awakens. Sorry. It's easy <laughs> to confuse the two. <laughs> A little Freudian. We'll save it. Save it for the podcast. Uh, online review from a few guys that we know. Rob Kelly, Shag Matthews, 
uh, Count Druncula. Yeah, Earth 2 Chris was there too. And so what, one of the things that Rob Kelly was talking about was he's watching uh, The Force Awakens. He's afraid he's going to have another situation like with the prequels. So he's all like tense and worried that he's not going to enjoy this movie. And then like a few minutes into it, I, I don't know if it was the text scroll or if it was just like some of those opening shots, but he just started to loosen up. He just started to go, okay, wait, this feels like a Star Wars movie. And he just started to kind of like let it, let it go and shook it off and started feeling good about the movie he was watching. And I had the same thing happen with me with The Hateful Day because the the big deal about the 70 millimeter and I'm watching the stupid cross and I'm watching the snow and I'm already starting to get kind of irritated with it because like is this this we're just going to sit here and look at this thing for five minutes while these credits roll it was pissing me off and then you have the opening sequence where Sam Jackson's character meets Jennifer Jason Lee and um, Kurt, Kurt, Russell. Kurt Russell and watching them play off each other and it was fun Great. and it was nasty and I, I, I just started loosening up because like okay this is going to be cool this is going to be a fun one this isn't going to be another goddamn inglorious flat bastard that's boring and that I end up hating it and so I was just grooving to the movie up until that intermission and they did start to lose me with the length of, of Sam Jackson's monologue yeah it went long it just it, it, no it, pun intended yeah I understood why he was there but it just sort of kind of started to drag on I really I honestly would have liked it better if it were just the mental images it's just Sam Jackson talking and you're picturing it in your mind when they actually just show what's happening on the screen that just seemed like overkill to me yeah it wouldn't have been overkill if they would have shown what was on the screen to show how bad his father was. Okay. Instead, they kind of just described the general and that he was really a bad guy. And he had there were, he was at some battle where he killed all the black soldiers, right? Uh-huh. But like you can say saying it and seeing it are two totally different things. So they make you really want to hate this guy, so that when he does this to that guy's son, you're like, yeah. But instead, you just it was just words versus imagery, and it just isn't. And that's just how people's brains work. That's not. I'm not saying that what he did was in, was was better or worse than what the general had done. But it is. If you say, hey, this guy punched his wife, and you watch a video of a guy punching his wife, it's way worse seeing it on video, which is a whole thing that's happened with yeah, NFL but, but I think that the exact opposite was true. Watching this guy who didn't look like he was all that out of shape, walking around naked in the snow, I didn't get a feel for, like, if you're telling me, like, describing, you know, his lips are turning blue, uh, he, he's not getting good circulation, he's crying, and you're telling me all this stuff, then I'm feeling what that guy was feeling under those circumstances. But when I'm just seeing a naked guy walking around in snowshoes, I'm just seeing, I'm, all I'm doing is seeing it. It's like, I'm, I'm too passive. I'm not in his headspace. I'm watching from a, a remote move but even so i didn't feel it as much as i would have if it had just been sam jackson describing what he was doing showing it to me it wasn't it was you showed me the monster the monster is much scarier when it's this shadow and i'm forming it in my imagination i'm seeing the monster and the monster looks like bad cgi except in this case bad cgi was a naked dude in the snow okay i can get that i get that i I, but i also thought they drug it out way too long it's just way too fucking long long. and honestly i i so i think that tarantino by the end of the movie is punishing you for what enjoyment you're able to get out of these characters he's a sadist himself he's obviously enjoying all this nasty shit that he's doing but up until uh, the intermission I think you're still supposed to be enjoying the sadism you're still supposed to be rocking it it's still cool and dark and edgy and then you get to the last portion that last hour and then he's like chastising you for enjoying it and you're the fucker that wrote it and you're the fucker that filmed it don't tell me you're not a little sadist too so it pissed me off because it's almost like you know pot calling the kettle black I'm enjoying this being a nasty fucked up movie and I enjoy nasty fucked up movies that's part of me I'll own that but it felt like Tarantino was then trying to moralize to me it's like fuck you motherfucker you're into this shit too you're the motherfucker who likes to say the n-word all the fucking time and pisses off Spike Lee when you do it don't fucking tell me that you're a better man than I am well what, what I liked I liked when he had the suspects like which one of like the, the I, drawing room mystery aspect the, which the, was the cool clue, the, the clue side yeah of it. I liked where he gets you've now whittled it down one of these three guys poisoned the coffee yeah and then he does the usual suspects dress down yeah of the Mexican and then I thought he was gonna do the usual stuff but it couldn't be you because you were playing the piano mm-hmm. and then I thought he was gonna dress down um home dude uh not Tim Roth yeah Tim Roth not the dude from Inglorious Bastards yeah. who that was obviously supposed to be yeah then I thought he was gonna dress him down and say but it wasn't you and then get to whatever Michael Madsen Michael Madsen and dress Michael Madsen down either it was or wasn't gonna be him or be a wild mm-hmm. card or whatever instead you do the dress down of the Mexican with the the great line about uh what's her name Minnie's or is it Minnie Minnie yeah. Minnie's tabernacle the sign yeah, about no yeah. dogs and no Mexicans and then she, she took, took that, that sign two years down. ago because she finally started to like the dog she finally let dogs in right so uh 
but then, then you get to the other two guys and they just go through it real fast and it's just like really like that's yeah. I it was like so that. fun yeah, it was watching this fucked up racist version of an Ellery Queen novel and then it just went all to shit yeah and then they just started it's like it, you lost interest in that and, and just let it all fall apart shows up and just shits all over Char- he was thing. very much charming potato in this one <laughs> very <laughs> very charming potato <laughs> anyway but I, I will say I, I, I enjoyed it I don't know am I going to rewatch that movie I like I enjoyed Inglourious. I think I'll actually like it better if I rewatch it especially if I cut some stuff out myself if I do my own fan edit uh, where I just skip the parts I don't like I think I can still enjoy that movie again but I, it's I, I not liked. it's definitely closer to the Inglorious Bastard spectrum of Tarantino I don't really like and have to make a certain like there are only a few scenes in Inglorious Bastards I would like and the thing is those scenes are like 20-30 minutes a piece anyway so I probably got about an hour of solid movie there but Inglorious Bastards is like two and a half hours right I think it might be I have no idea yeah, so I, I just but, have to, that last act drags on so long yeah so I have to I have to cut that movie to make something enjoyable for me where something like Pulp Fiction whatever 2020 hindsight these motherfuckers have now that movie is is two and a half hours and you don't feel it at all that movie's fucking 45 minutes you could go for another fucking two and a half hours with that movie it's so fucking good and you're so invested in it um, you on your toes the whole time. Yeah. All the characters are interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where this is one where you just you're gonna skip around. You're gonna you're gonna lose interest and flip to other channels. You're gonna maybe come back to it later the, on. You're gonna, you're gonna skip fast chapters. forward through the opening uh, credits. Yeah, always. Everybody's gonna fucking do that shit. But they might want to put that uh, uh, a soundtrack on. I would love to listen to that while I'm yeah, doing work good. and stuff. That was great. But I don't want to watch a static image while that's happening. Yeah. The Crow, all-time great soundtrack. So fucking good. The Crow reinvented movie soundtracks. Think so? Yes, dude. Are you kidding me? That that I think that soundtrack like sold millions. Well, Big of Empty times. was always one of my favorite. STP well, had Big Empty had Darkness by um, Rage Against the Machine. Fuck, what was that? Helmet. Had Helmet, The Cure, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Damn. Pantera. The song on. by They Can't Always Rain. From the actual movie, yeah. Yeah. No, you don't have to blah, blah, blah. Burn from The Cure. Um, you see Big Empty, Dead Souls by Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah. Darkness by Rage Against the Machine, Color Me Once by The Violet Femmes, Ghost Rider by uh, Rollins Band, Milk Toast by Helmet, The Badge by Pantera, which is a fucking awesome song, and then some other songs that are good. After the Flesh is a fucking awesome song. It's a good soundtrack. That's what we were just talking about. We are talking about the soundtrack. I, I said The Crow brought back popular soundtrack because it was so, so good. Well, the other thing... The Crow soundtrack like took on its own... Life beyond life beyond the actual movie. Yeah, and, and all, honestly, I like all like three of the Crow soundtracks. Uh, the other two are pretty good too. I really like Hole's cover of uh, Gold Dust Woman. I like it better than the Fleetwood Mac original. Not so much Courtney Love's take on uh, Bob Dylan's uh, Baby Blue though. That that didn't go over as well. How does uh, Bob Dylan's version go? I think you know better than me. Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain. <laughs> well, then Courtney's like, so, you know, you can't really win on that one. My God, I felt like I was really watching him right now. I know. <laughs> Everybody sings my songs better than me. <laughs> Except for maybe Jacob. I think Jacob Dillon's probably a little too mainstream. I don't know who Jacob Dillon is. So the, the Wallflowers guy. That's his kid. No, I thought that was Bruce Springsteen. No, that's oh, that's Dylan's kid. Is it really the yeah. time I thought that was Springsteen? One about. headlight. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold. Here I thought that's why I thought he was fucking. Uh, well, and ironically, it was Jacob Dylan that did a cover of a Bowie song. There's the second biggest thing that he ever did. It's under pressure. No, Feels heroes, just dude. like no. the beat up heroes. <laughs> no, hero. For the we Godzilla soundtrack. Heroes. We could be heroes. Uh, okay. Just one day. Not for sure it was under pressure. <laughs> he no, no, under pressure. You're thinking vanilla ice. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Stop. I, I get collaborate and up. listen. <laughs> oh my God! Ice is back with a new edition. That's not how it goes. <laughs> no, <laughs> something grabs a hold of me tightly. Was it stronger than thunder? Quicker than lightning? Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. <laughs> you know the lights and I'll glow to the extreme. I'm rocking mic like a vandal. Something, 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 something. Rolling. <laughs> okay, to redeem yourself, you better do a boost, a beastie. <laughs> I don't know. None beastie. The, my my favorite one is just rolling in my 5.0 with the rag with the rag top down, so my hair can blow. And then, like probably three or four months ago, I was in traffic next to a guy rolling in an old Fox Body 5.0 with the rag top down, so his hair could blow. 
Was and I would just look at the guy like fucking respect. Like he's living, <laughs> he's living Ice Ice Baby like every day of his life. So did he tell you to drop the zero and get with the hero? Is that one of his famous? One of his famous. Yo, baby, drop the zero and get with a hero. Oh, that is. That's right. Was that from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too? No, dude. That's that from Cold as Ice. Cold as Ice. I just remember that I don't. Whenever I picture Vanilla Ice singing, I actually just picture Jim Carrey from uh, In Living Color. <laughs> me too. Me too. Up in <laughs> his fucking uh, Vanilla Ice impression. Well, no, super exaggerated. I have that on a VJJS tape somewhere. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you. Oh, I everybody do. does. I, I always think of the movies. We went to a party and they played Back to the uh, Boys in the Hood first, and so they're all drinking and partying. So I'm like, okay, I've seen this movie. Then they put Cool as Ice behind it, and I was like, this is just truly weird and this surreal. Is so bizarre. But the girls. What were the, the demographics at that party? All the, well, yeah. <laughs> Slightly clansy. <laughs> <laughs> clansy. That's an excellent coinage. Slightly, no, slightly clansy. Slightly clansy. Yeah. Oh the girls did get a bit uh, screamish when when the Vanilla Ice movie was on. Uh, I think you just desi- I think you just described uh, Trump's demographics, <laughs> right? <laughs> or his daughters, one of the two. Oh my God! Slightly clansy is terrific. <laughs> I have my moments. I'm white and I'm capitalizing on a trend that's currently rising. Mix it with Curly and Larry and Mo. Hey yo, when's it gonna stop? Maybe never. I become richer with every endeavor. I'm living large and my bank is stupid because I just listen to real rap and stupid. Thanks to Adam Blackmoon and Between the Pages, Count Druncula, Dis Podcasters, Dr. G Nerdologist, Eli Perrin, Eternal Rage, Keith G. Baker, Kyle Pettit, Lord Horstocles, Martin Gray, Odyssey Unleashed Podcast, Show Me Your Bits Podcast, Siskoid, Steven Scarlatta. I told the world I was stabbed in the butt, but it was a toilet paper cut. Senate alias Scarecrow, Oofda at Fryhole, yeah, and Zena Schultz. Okay, that, that ended of its own volition abruptly. Now you can do, enter some. Oh yeah, we'll drop in. You, you can drop in some audio of uh, fucking what's his name, Lucas trashing on Star Wars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever you want to do. All right, let's talk about let's talk about Star Wars. You guys saw Star Wars: The Force. Let me get a drink real quick, though. Hold on. Yeah. Can you give me a root beer? Yeah. What about you, dude? I'm good. I'm good. Oh yeah. Why do they call it Oval Team? The jar's round. <laughs> Should call it Round Team. <laughs> Like what are you drinking? One of you at a given, you know, I don't understand what the hell's going on with this thing. What are you drinking, man? Huh? What are you drinking? Mountain Dew and Fruit Loop flavored vodka. Nice. The Fruit Loop flavored vodka was for you. Oh. But we're going to keep it here. We're going to keep cool. all the alcohols here. Like a bar? But yeah, it's like sometimes I drink just to take the edge off, like bad days and stuff. But the problem is, is usually I want to drink during the week because bad shits happen to me and I, I need to take the edge off then. And then uh, Paquita looks at me like I'm an alcoholic, so I don't. <laughs> and then by the time the weekend comes, I don't want to drink on the weekend. I want to be straight because I want to do this podcasting and I want to do things I enjoy. And like Mac likes to drink and podcast, but one of the problems is we'll have a good time, but we get so drunk and sloppy that we don't actually produce anything. Yeah. We just talk about the stuff that we want to produce and have a, have a good time, but it, we're not very productive when we drink. So uh, – so I just I haven't drank a lot lately, and yeah, I, the times I want to drink, I don't. So. Oh, like I said, I had a third of a drink yesterday, and I was like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. And it's weird because I'm on vacation, and my girl was like, oh, but you can, you know, you can have a drink. I'm like, nope, I have no desire to. Yeah. Well, I bought uh, for some reason I, I liked Fresca when I first started drinking diet drinks, and yeah. I wanted to try some Fresca again, so I bought a bunch of them, and I don't like these, so I need to put alcohol in them to make them palatable. Fresca like was the original diet drink. Oh, really? Yeah, see, what I did is when I realized that I was getting tubby. Actually, no, it wasn't when I was getting tubby. I was, I was working at a place where they were working me so hard that I was getting thin. That's the last time I was, I was good and thin. Uh, I wanted to keep it, so I was drinking diet sodas because I realized how many calories you get from the sugars. So I tried everything. I, I actually – I was going to try to do like – I think a MySpace page because back when I was still on MySpace, I was actually going to like review diet drinks because I was living a sad, isolated life. That's when I was working so fucking much in weird hours that I just I didn't even get to see you guys. Anymore. Yeah, I remember that. So I was I, so obviously I went insane. And I started doing shit like rating diet drinks, but I tried everything just to say that I did. And and for some reason I liked Fresca then, and I tried to revisit it again. It's like I need some alcohol in this shit because I can't drink it on its own. So 
Well, your tasty. I guess you would say what your taste buds evolved or devolved or it probably devolved. I think what it was once I finally hit on Diet Pepsi, uh, the Pepsi Max, I should say, as my flavor, and I've been drinking it for years and years now. That I can't drink very much else that's diet and enjoy it. I like the A and W cream sodas. I was drinking them for a little while because my store stopped stocking Pepsi Max regularly, yeah. and then I kind of lost my taste for that as well. So I, I, I'm just sticking with my Max. Again. Like I said, this is the only place here where I indulge in my soda. I never drink. Well, Coke. and I get you the good root beer too. Yeah, but I, but I, ne- dude, you know what I'm saying? I don't ever drink Cokes. Yeah, I drink water. Well, well what is it with you? Because you're still on the root beer kick, clearly. I, I don't know, dude. It's just this random shit that came up, huh? Uh, it's like crack, dude. I had one. I'm like, dude, I gotta get another hit. Gotta get another hit. Well, and uh, we ran out of sodas one day, and I drank one. It was, it was good. I, right. I can see why you enjoy it. That IBC is good shit. Oh yeah, no. It's, I, I, I thought about it. changing it up and getting you some Jones. Like, nah, I'm gonna stick with the IBC. Yeah, this shit's not, good. No, it's good. I don't, dude. I could drink a whole six pack, mm. but and that's the weirdest thing is I do not crave sodas. Yeah, and but, I bought you a whole bunch of fucking diet root beers, and of course you wouldn't touch it. So I ended up having to drink all of those. I got so sick of every other root beer, but especially diet barks is fucking. And vomitous. It's so goddamn gross. And the, and the thing is, I used to like Barks when I was a kid, so I don't know what it is if the sweetness affects me. But it's something about the diet, especially. It, it just it well, tastes see, it I tastes like a dog lapped up root beer, and then they pissed it into a can. It's the worst shit. But see, I don't know how you do those diet drinks, dude. They have such a horrible aftertaste. Well, another thing of it is, I've been drinking, uh, uh, and my thing too is uh, I'm limited. I can't. I don't like sucralose. I don't like. I only like um, aspartame. If it's not aspartame, then I, I don't want to deal with it because I don't I, I I don't like the flavor of anything but aspartame. But I've been drinking uh, using aspartame for so long that I can't go back to sugar. So if I eat donuts or I drink eggnog or anything like that, it fucking shoots out of my asshole. It just goes <laughs> boom. Yeah, I, I know. I never have to worry about regularity because all I have to do is get something highly sugary and the bowl explodes. It looks like a fucking gas station men's room by the time I'm done with that stuff. Paquita doesn't want me to eat certain things anymore because of what I do to it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's me again. We're California dreaming. 